This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 409 of the Dressage Radio Show and the Horse Radio Network, brought to you by Kentucky Performance Products, Fairfield in North Lexington, and TotalSaddleFit.com. On today's show, we have some great guests on our World Cup week leading up to our time next time, Nico Meredith and Missy Fladland. Reese Koffler Sandfield from Georgetown, Kentucky. And <laughs> she's mm-hmm. embarrassing. This is Coach Jen, the producer, and I'm standing in as the Philip Parks analog. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Hi, Jen. Hi. How are you? Hi, Reese. I'm sorry. I'm calling Reese in the middle of an extremely <laughs> stressful day at Maplecrest Farm in Kentucky and begging her to re record some bits of the show that I lost uh, because apparently I don't know how to save a sound file anymore. Oh, it's okay. We're still in Florida, actually. It's kind of a windy, cooler day here, which is, uh, we we just have a colicky horse, which, as we all know, when the weather changes, sometimes the horses like to increase some fun. So It's, it's their favorite. Yeah, but it's fine. I told Jen we can we could re-record. It's no problem. We've got, we, the vets are in the barn, so. You're, so, uh, you're as cool as a cucumber. I'd be freaking out. Uh, Well, yeah, inside. inside. Oh, gotcha. So, uh. But it's fine. You know, again, we have such, I'm always in a place that has really, really good veterinarians. So uh, one of the things that I always say, and I think it's always good to remember is I'm a horse trainer. I'm not a veterinarian. So when it gets past like, hey, give him some banamine and walk him, I'm pretty quick to call the veterinarians. Uh, I don't, you know, it's not, it, it, you know, I think, yeah, you know, uh, it's tough. You know, you're going to have to pay, pay the vets, but uh, that's what their job is, not my job. So yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm one of those. I don't wait around. I, I don't sort of want to find out later that I should have called the vet or whatever. So, um, but here in Wellington, we have great vets and Kentucky have great vets. So it's always a little different depending on where you live. But so you, you've got the pros there and they're taking yeah. care of things. Yep. They're out in the barn taking care of things. And my assistant, it's her horse. So she's there. So everybody's good. So it came, came in, but yeah, we had actually a great discussion yesterday with Philip who's in Germany. Uh, but it's okay, Jen. <laughs> Sometimes technology is a pain. Yeah. So uh, no, it wasn't technology. It was user error. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I love so, to blame uh, technology. We've had plenty of that this week, but this was totally user error. Um, yeah, I didn't yeah. hit a button in the right place, and it all went to to Fluey. Yeah. <laughs> so I guess next week we will, or actually, it'll be two weeks. Yes. I think next week is Western. It's um, Western next week, yeah. and we Philip and I are going to be at the World Cup, so we'll have lots to talk about, and we'll hear the clu- we'll we'll get the whole story, but have the conclusion to Philip's trip to yeah. Germany. We'll so. have all the Germany stories in two weeks. Yes. Yeah, but we have a we have a great guest right after this break from Kentucky Performance Products. We're going to come back with Nico Meredith, uh, who is the announcer to the stars. I'm sure you've heard his voice before. Vitamin E is a powerful antioxidant that supports healthy muscle and nerve function by limiting cellular damage. Green grass is the best source of vitamin E for horses, but most horses don't spend enough time grazing to meet their needs. Hay, grain, and winter pasture provide little to no natural vitamin E. To ensure your horse's vitamin E requirements are met, choose Elevate. 
Elevate contains a readily available source of natural vitamin E. Elevate is cost-effective and easy to feed. To learn more about Elevate, visit the Kentucky Performance Products website at kppusa.com. Well, today it is truly a pleasure to have quite a great in the sport, Nico Meredith. He is the announcer to the stars here at Global and will be the announcer at the World Cup Championships in Omaha, Nebraska in a couple weeks. Nico, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. It's uh, my pleasure to be here. Thank you. Well, I have known you for years. We won't tell everybody how long, but you have been announcing and, and me for many, many years. Um, and so it's so fun to have you on. And, and I always hear your voice and it makes me smile when I go around the arena. Um, and we went to dinner the other night and I said, I, I really don't know your story. Like, how did you get where you are in the sport? Um, so tell us, can you start us off a little bit how you got with your story? Absolutely, because uh, I was at uh, university in Salzburg in Austria, and I came home for a vacation, and uh, on our estate, we had a horse trials, and someone said, oh, Nico, would you like to take the microphone? So I took the microphone. I was 18 years old, and I had fun, as I always like to have fun, because I think fun is important. And uh, from that, um, I got several other jobs. Because in England, you don't really get paid. You just have fun. You go and stay in nice houses, and you go and do events. And in those days, I was just announcing horse trials. And in the end, because of all the languages I speak, I got to do some of the international ones like Burley Horse Trials. I did the uh, Young Riders uh, Eventing Championships in Rotherfield and various other ones uh, closer to home to me in England. So that's how I really got into it. Um, I came to the States in 89, I came to work with an Englishman who heard me at Burley and asked if I would uh, like to join him, and I did, and I joined him, and then after a couple of years, I went out on my own, and uh, that's what I do. I just love doing it. I have uh, basically, I like to say, I, I'm now in my sort of 44th or 45th year of announcing. Wow, that's quite a long time. So how many languages do you speak? I speak six fluently, and I can announce or fake it in another eight. So uh, I, um, I'm going to be kind of pushed and uh, at the World Cup because um, I don't speak Arabic at all, and I know there's going to be some Arabic-speaking riders, and um, so I might have to brush up on faking a little bit of Arabic on that. <laughs> I don't know. We'll see how it goes. <laughs> well. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm, uh, I just consider myself very lucky. Um, I have got much more into the dressage world, and um, I absolutely love the world of dressage. I have to say that I am a horse person, and I have ridden all my life, and um, I have received a few dressage lessons, and it made me totally appreciate how hard it is for riders to ride dressage. It's not like pointing at a fence and going over it like I used to do when I went fox hunting in Leicestershire. But, um, and it really made me realize how hard dressage riders have to ride. And it makes me truly appreciate when I'm watching it from uh, the announcer booth. And it's amazing. I mean, you really, not only do you announce, I've been in places where you actually become sort of the, the voice of reason or the person who's calm to say, okay, there's a tornado 
you're fine. You know, how do you handle those situations? That's, that's what's always impressed me about how you are in the booth. Yeah. Well, the, 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 the thing I feel about an announcer is the announcer is there not to run the show, but to try to head off any problems that might occur in the future and just call the manager and say, this is happening, this might happen, and to sort of head it off. Also, I think the announcer's job is to try and make it amusing, um, fun, light, and I try to make it interesting for non-dressage spectators so that they understand what's going on. So I try to do that. I love looking up all the breed information about the horses, uh, so I can announce that as well. I don't like just announcing next in is number 24, Dobbin, ridden by Jane Smith. I like to know who, what Dobbin's breeding is, who the breeder is, because breeding of horses is so important today. And so I really, I really enjoy doing that. And with the internet, it's so easy nowadays to do that. Yeah, absolutely. We can, we have so much access to information and that it's nice to be able to bring it to the forefront. If, if you're not, you know, sitting on your phone, um, the announcer can definitely do a good job of, of that. So Nico, maybe you can, uh, do you have any great stories or what's it, what's your favorite event to, to announce at? Um, well, I've always loved doing eventing. I love doing eventing. I love cross country announcing is fun. Uh, I have done a few steeplechase races. That's always fun to announce. I don't know that I have a favorite as such. I have to say that becoming the voice of global, um, it has really highlighted how much more we can promote dressage to the world. In the, the United States, basically, if you're not a horse person, people don't understand dressage. And I think it's sort of my job especially at Global, when we get a lot of spectators, especially on the freestyle night, to try and educate, if possible, uh, the, the, the spectators who are there. And that has really uh, changed. I mean, Friday Night Lights, I mean, that's something, I, I don't think I ever really even dreamed that we would be like the jumpers and Friday night, how many weeks, 12 weeks a year, or how many weeks a CDI, that you would be able to go pretty much for free and watch dressage um how did you see that coming or or how do you think that promotion has changed uh, i have to say and i i, I am going to uh, promote my boss uh, mark delisno it's his dream to, to have uh, a unique uh, dressage facility in the early days so he took dressage away from west and made this facility which had blown down in a hurricane it used to be the polo ground and he turned it um, with the help of Adequan and Alan Mann, and they, they turned it into something which is, you know, on the world stage of dressage, really up there. It's one of the best. I mean, you know, you have Aachen and you have other shows in Europe, but right now in the United States, we have Europeans coming over because there is prize money, because it takes footing, because of course, as you know, footing is so important. Um, and it's a great atmosphere. And I, I, I think what I also liked was when I did the World Cup last in Vegas was that there were more people filling the stands in the Thomas Mack in Vegas for dressage than there were for the jumping. So I thought that was really interesting. 
So when you say, did I see it coming? I suppose that made me realize that more people really do like the beauty of dressage. Dressage is very beautiful, especially the freestyles. And we have horses now on the, the world stage of dressage that are just really phenomenal. We have Verdadas in this country. We've got uh, Casey Perry Glass with Gertingord Dublé, which is really, really one of my favorite horses at the moment. He, he is just phenomenal, really is. And we have these horses, and we, we, we are really up there. That, that when we keep getting a bronze medal, and we can keep on striving to, to get into the gold slotted if we get the horses and the riders. That's so true. So tell us, kind of switching now, those are our two riders at the moment that we know are going to World Cup, uh, Laura Graves and Casey Perry Glass. So tell us, what's, what's going to happen for you in, in Vegas? I'm sorry, Omaha. Keep saying Vegas. Oh, no, Omaha. And I have to say, I, I, I'm going to uh, probably upset some Omahans, but when I heard that the World Cup was going to Omaha and I'd never visited, I just said to myself, gosh, I hope the Europeans like corn. And uh, <laughs> I went there for the test event. And first of all, the facility is probably one of the top indoor facilities for dressage and jumping in the world. Uh, wonderful crew there. They're just so helpful. They really want it to work. So that was really very interesting. And then I went into the town of Omaha, which is one of the sweetest towns in the United States. And uh, the food is phenomenal. And I think the Europeans are going to really, really love it. And they're going to want to come back. So I, I was going to be the voice of dressage for Omaha. And then they asked me if I would do the, the language side and work with um, the other announcer, Adam, um, for he, he's going to be doing the main announcing for jumping, but they wanted to have the language as well. So I'll be working with him. He's a great announcer. I love working with other announcers, by the way. I, I always think it's good to have two voices. Um, people tend to begin to switch off if they just hear the one voice. If I work with another announcer, it really brings people more attentive to what's going on. So Omaha, for me, um, I think is going to be phenomenal. We're going to have uh, many of the Europeans coming over, of course, um, and we're going to have uh, from EM and the North America and South America. So we've got, we got, we got a really good competition for the dressage. For the jumpers, I haven't seen the list, but I know that there are top jumpers from all over the world that will be coming. So that's going to be an interesting competition as well. What is it that you that you think that the World Cup brings that's different than than some of the normal competitions? Because you know, there's international riders in Wellington, like we said, lots of Europeans as well. Uh, what is it that brings it together to to have a World Cup and have a championship like this? Well, I think, I think, obviously, you're going to get more nations represented. You make it totally international. And you are bringing the top forces from the world um, to perform at one location. And that really is exciting. Because um, I have to tell you that basically equestrian sports, uh, courtesy of the FEI, has always predominantly focused on Europe. And now that America 
is really um, performing so well in all the disciplines, eventing, jumping, combined driving, uh, and uh, show, uh, dressage. I, I think it's, um, it's really good that it should be performed here. And I think it's really good for the Europeans to come to America, those who have not performed here, and realize that we, the Americans, put on such a fantastic competition for them to perform in uh, at a great facility in Omaha. Um, with, As I said, I, I can't tell you how uh, good the crew is in um, Omaha. It makes it so smooth. Uh, everything runs very well there. They're just so helpful. They know that they're on the world stage. And I mean, I keep using that expression, but I think it really does describe it. We are on the world stage of equestrian sports right here in the United States. And I, I absolutely lo love that. Yeah, it's it's so fun to see how our sport is continuing to develop and change, and and it's it's really fun to be a part of, and you're at the forefront of it. So, one more question for you, Nico. If you were to give someone some advice, if they wanted to become an announcer, I mean, it's how, how would you do that? What would you tell them they should do? Um, well, first of all, you've got to have a voice. You've got to have a voice that's different, and I'm very lucky that I have a voice that's different. Um, that's the voice. The other thing is never stop learning. You go online, you find out the breed of the horse, you look at their results when they come in. I mean, I've got a lot of homework to do for Omaha, but you really have to, you don't just sit there and announce, you know, the next in the ring is Dobbin ridden by Jane Smith. You really want to inform um, unfortunately, as I said, this country, if you're not a horse person, people don't understand dressage. You go anywhere in Germany, you talk to a bus driver, you talk to a truck driver, you talk to um, a doctor, and they will know the names of the top riders in Germany and in Great Britain and in the Netherlands. It's quite amazing. Even if they've never sat on a horse themselves, it's a little bit like following soccer in Europe. They really know who the the, um, the top riders are and the top horses. It's really interesting. Whereas here, if you're not a horse person, it's very difficult to try to get Americans. And that's what I try to do. And I think what other announcers should try to do is to try to make non-horse people realize that this is a really beautiful sport to follow. Um, and the show jumping, of course, is always fun. And the venting is great fun and combined driving for the World Equestrian Games, which is coming in uh, next year to try on North Carolina, that's going to be really exciting. I'm very, very pumped about that. <laughs> I love it. I love it. And I love how, like you said, you can be very versatile and do all sports. Um, it's amazing. Well, Nico, thank you so much for coming on and sharing your story. It's so fun. Um, and and it's, like I said, I love hearing your voice. Um, how would our listeners find you online if they have any more questions? Well, I am online. My, my um, email is totalevents.nico at yahoo.com. And Nico is spelled with an H, N-I-C-H-O, totalevents.nico at yahoo.com. I'm on um, Facebook, like pretty well everyone is. And I have to say, mentioning Facebook, um, if I cannot find some information on a horse, and I find that the rider is on Facebook, I can message them on Facebook and say, what's 
who is the sire and the dam and the dam sire and breeder of your horse? And a lot of the times I get I get replies on that. So I'm on <laughs> Facebook as Nick Meredith, N-I-C-H-O Meredith. Um, and uh, not only do I announce, of course, but I do put in sound systems, um, you know, for, for personal use uh, at, at private farms. And, He's uh, done mine. <laughs> He's uh, done mine at my farm. Oh, no, I've still got to get that radio. But yeah, but I I, I think the other thing you talked about in the mountain, I think one of the most important things is you have to have a sense of humor. You have to make because those reptile riders are so serious about their ride. You have to add a little bit of levity and humor in in it and and try to come up with something, you know, because not everyone has a great day. But luckily, my father taught me so much about riding. He's one of the best horsemen I've ever known. And I, you, I quote him a lot when things don't go quite so right. There's always another day with horses. There's always another day. It's so true. Well, Nico, thank you so much for coming on. And we can't wait to hear you in Omaha in a few weeks. <laughs> all right, my dear. Thank you very much. Nice meeting you all. Thank you. The Horse Radio Network is excited to announce a new partnership with the Fairfield Inn North by Marriott in Lexington, Kentucky for Road to the Horse and Rolex. The Fairfield Inn North is right off Newtown Pike and Route 64 near the Cracker Barrel and only 10 minutes from the horse park the back way, you know, the low traffic way. The Fairfield Inn North has spacious rooms that are being completely renovated now and will be ready in time for Road to the Horse. Plus, the Fairfield Inn North offers complimentary breakfast, a free Wi-Fi throughout the hotel, a huge free parking lot, a business center, indoor swimming pool and jacuzzi, outdoor patio with grill, a laundry facility, and much more. The Cracker Barrel is located right next door, and there are four other dining options available for breakfast, lunch, and dinner right around the corner. Just for listeners of Horse Radio Network, we have negotiated some great rates for you for Road to the Horse and Rolex. For Road to the Horse, we have the rate down from $160 to $120. If you're going to Rolex, we have the rate down to $199 from $260. There's a very limited number of rooms available at these rates, so call in your reservations as soon as possible. Search for Fairfield Inn North in Lexington, Kentucky. It's the one on Hackney Place. You must call in your reservation and ask for the Road to the Horse or the Rolex Early Bird Special. So that's the Road to the Horse or Rolex Early Bird Special. Search for Fairfield Inn North by Marriott. Today, we are so happy to have Missy Fladland on. She's an FEI rider and trainer from Nebraska. And she has a very big part in the World Cup that's happening in Omaha in a couple weeks. Missy, welcome to the show. Thank you, guys. Thank you very much. Glad to be here. Well, Missy, we, you know, I just saw you a couple weeks in Florida. You must have just headed home from the from Ex- the world ex- in Nebraska. We did actually. We went home via Texas. We stopped at a, a function called Legacy of Legends, which honors Tom Dorrance and Ray Hunt and their style of horsemanship. And we got to ride with a gentleman named Buck Branneman, and then we headed home from there. So we just got home a week ago and have been settling in, trying to adjust to colder temperatures. <laughs> oh, I can imagine. So, Missy, tell us a little bit about you and your husband and the business you guys run. We own and operate a business called Laurietta Ranch, and we're actually located just about 40 miles east of Omaha in Iowa. 
Um, I grew up in Nebraska, which is why we ended up being where we are. My family is there. And my husband and I met each other through a Buck Brandman clinic. At the time, he was working for Buck. He had been working for Buck for about five years. And I had a young horse that I was taking around. I had just gotten started and wanted to get him exposed before I took him to dressage shows to, um, to, so that he had a chance to see the world before he became a dressage horse. And we just kind of hit it off. From there, we started a business after we got married. Um, he starts a lot of young horses and takes in horses that people struggle with and tries to help the people get better so that the horse can get better. And I usually take young um, sport horses, mainly dressage horses, and campaign them for the owners. I teach lessons, do clinics. And my end goal with a lot of people would be to ride for a team someday, whether it be a Pan Am team or an Olympic team or World Cup team. That would be my, my end goal. Fantastic. So now what are your guys' role at the World Cup in Omaha in a few weeks? Well, I actually wear many hats there. <laughs> my, <laughs> I am one of those people who can never say no. And so my friend, as well as somebody I teach, is the person running that show, Lisa Roskins. And I will do anything and everything to help make that show as successful as it can be so that we can continue to host an international show there every year, with, with including the dressage, not just the jumping. And so one of the things I'm doing is I'm running the what's called the Dressage Museum for the show. And that's going to provide some history of dressage in the U.S., going to talk about Lowell Boomer and how the USDF was founded in the state of Nebraska, in the city of Lincoln, which a lot of people may know here in the States but might not know from Europe, um, and talk about our history and our roots here. Um, in addition to that, my husband and I are going to do a series of demos, one in the main ring on Saturday, and then three in the small demo ring, which is free of charge to see. And those are the idea behind our demos was to kind of bridge the gap between what they're calling natural horsemanship these days and what is just really good horsemanship skills. And we're, our goal is to show how that transcends many disciplines and it can be used in, in basically anything with horses. It's just a form of good quality, sophisticated horsemanship that can help a lot of different people in a lot of different areas of their, of their disciplines, whether it be Western or reining or dressage. Um, jumping. A lot of my students use it across the board. And Kip, does, Kip has a lot of clinics that he does across the country, which we get people from all different types of riding, whether it be eventers or jumpers or dressage or just your pleasure riders. So that is our goal in our demos there is to lay out the groundwork and what we do with it and how it will help and can help in different disciplines. That sounds cool. Can we, can, sorry, can you go into a little bit more depth about what, you know, if, when we show up for the demo or, or if we want to watch the demo, what, what do we expect to see you, you, you two working with a horse or, you know, what, what, what will it be all about? Sure. Well, what we've kind of done for, we're supposed to be in the little demo ring on Wednesday, Friday, and Sundays, I believe the last schedule I saw. And on the first day, demo one, we're going to call it introduction to groundwork. It's going to be first time for the horse, first time for the rider. And the idea behind that is to basically introduce the very basic exercises, if you want to call them that, that one would use 
with the groundwork in in starting horse with the groundwork and starting human with the groundwork and how they relate to the riding activities at that stage. The second day, the second demo that we're going to do is a progression of that, of the groundwork for more advanced horse and rider. And um, in that, the, the exercises get a little bit more sophisticated. There's not a physical name for them per se. It's more you have to watch to understand. But with that, we describe maybe how this might help you get better at preparing your horse for flying planes, preparing your horse someday for a canter pirouette, how it helps with the bend when you're trying to do a half pass. And I use these examples because, of course, my main discipline is dressage. But whether you're, you're a cutting rider, you're a rainer, all of these exercises can and do help with, with those disciplines as well, whether it's turning around on a cow or roll, rolling back on a jumper course. Um, canter pirouette, they all tend to lay a really good foundation for the horse. And then you can take those and refine them into your discipline of what you want to do. It's really cool. So it sounds like, mm-hmm. just tell us a little bit, like if we're coming, you know, Philip and I are coming. So it sounds like there's, explain like the demo rings and maybe the trade fair, like what would we be there to see? So from what I have seen of the layout. The um, there they have a ton of shopping. They have a they have not only in that area for the shopping as well as the small demo ring that I mentioned. That is all from what I understand free of charge. Included in that is also the warm up ring. So you'll have your shopping, you'll have your demo ring, and in that demo ring, for example, when Kip and I are there, we're going to have a horse there that we have started. Um, it most likely will be, will be saddled, but we'll mainly just do work with the horse on the ground and showing different ways that we utilize the groundwork to help the horse in different situations. Um, there's also other demos that will be going on during that time. Ours is just 45 minutes each day at that ring. And um, for a schedule of that, I'm not sure yet if the Omaha Equestrian Foundation has that up on the website yet or not, because I don't have <coughs> access to that. But there will be several things demoed there in addition to us. So it would be a multitude of things that people would get to see in addition to the shopping, plus the warm-up rings will be available as well. Does that help? Oh, that sounds, yeah, that sounds great. It sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah. Well, it's going to be such a great event. If, if people want to get a little bit more information from you uh, before the event or after, how would they find you online? We are at www.lariataranch.com, and on that website, you can email us and or call us. Um, in addition, there is also the World Cup information, which I believe it's www.internationalomaha.com, and that should have all the World Cup information on it, ticket information, as well as the FEI World Cup booths and layouts of the, the actual map layout for the facility. They're doing, on Friday night or Friday afternoon late, they're doing what's called fun style as opposed to freestyle. And these are going to be an artist impression, the writer's impression of uh, writing to music. But maybe you you might see somebody who has props. You're going to see music that has words. You're going to see people dressed a little differently. And that'll be quite exciting. In addition, that night, Isabel Worth will be doing, it's not really a clinic, but they're going to have a five, six, seven, and a young Grand Prix horse where she will be teaching and then explaining her training methods. And that happens Friday. It's called the Dressage Showcase. So that'll be very exciting. Um, Tristan Tucker will also be there performing that night. And then on Saturday night, 
my husband and I will do a bigger demo in the main ring that people can see. Again, we'll go through basically all the demos we do in the smaller ring again in the big ring, as well as there'll be another demo by Tristan Tucker and um, Lynn Palm will also be doing a demo there that night. So I think there's going to be a lot of things for people to come see and watch and really enjoy and get a lot out of. In addition to coming to see Omaha in the area, got a lot of neat, a lot of neat things to do in Omaha that people don't realize. So we'd love to see as many people there as to come and enjoy our area and enjoy the World Cup. Fantastic. Awesome. Yeah. Yep. Well, Missy, we look forward to seeing you and uh, seeing you in Omaha. It's going to be a fantastic week. This tip was brought to you by Total Saddle Fit, the shoulder relief girth that Reese and Philip both love. And here's why. The Saddle Fit solution you have been waiting for is finally here. TotalSaddleFit.com is proud to introduce the shoulder relief girth. This strategically shaped girth actually moves the girth line of your saddle back over one inch, thereby freeing your horse's shoulders from the saddle. Traditional girths pull saddles up against a horse's shoulders and often over the top of the shoulders. The shoulder relief girth's recessed ends allow for the billets to buckle into the girth farther back to give your horse unparalleled freedom of motion. We are so certain that your saddle will fit better and your horse will be more comfortable that for a limited time we are offering a 30-day, 110% money-back guarantee. If you are not totally satisfied with your shoulder relief girth, send it back for a full refund plus 10% of the purchase price. Don't wait. Order now for the best saddle fit solution available. At TotalSaddleFit.com. Visit TotalSaddleFit.com. Uh, it looks like today you're going to be the get your horse to walk better guru. Well, we're going to try. Okay. <laughs> it's going to be tough, isn't it? This is a really tough subject. Um, this is this comes up a lot uh, because for us in dressage world, the walk is a double score. So it's it's actually can why, really Why did up. they make a gate that's so difficult to train the double score? Well, because you only you do yeah, exactly. You only do it one time. You know, in the trot you do you trot left, you trot right. And in the walk, you typically you walk your diagonal, you have a piece for your extended walk and then a piece for your collected walk. And uh you can lose a lot of points in the walk. So um you know Or if you're like me and, and trail ride a lot. You spend a lot of time walking. So exactly. if your horse has a sucky walk, your butt hurts. Yeah, your, your tushy hurts. And we don't want that, you know? So th- there's a couple things with the walk. Um, number one, a lot of times horses are behind your leg aids. Okay. So for those of us who are not in the dressage world, um, you kick and nothing happens. Got it. Yep. <laughs> and, and we all have been there. Right? We've been there. My event horses go there. I mean, it's really obnoxious when you kick your horse and nothing happens and they almost walk slower. Ooh, yeah, that's yeah. not fun. Or you feel like they're almost going backwards and they're supposed to be going forwards. Yeah, that's and- what happens when you walk away from the barn. Exactly. Yeah, we always say walk to the feed tub. If you put your feed tub gotcha. out, the other thing we say is like a cat on the catwalk. And so we gotcha. sing that sometimes at the farm on yeah. the catwalk. Um, that big, you know, if you think of a cat moving and walking, they sort of, everything moves in their body. Mm-hmm. A lot of times on horses, they just walk sometimes really stiff yeah. or... They're really in, in a lot of times you put your leg on to ask your horse to walk and nothing happens. 
So what do you end up doing? You kick again and nothing happens. And you kick and kick and kick. And finally you get a response. Your horse trots. Yeah. They trot or they (laughs) jig or something, but it's not that they walk forward. Initially, if my horse were to trot, to trot, to trot or to jig, if I'm asking him to go forward, I would be okay with that. And this something, it's something, but you need to refine those leg aids. You know, um, when you put your leg on, there should be a forward response unless of course you're asking your horse to back up. But in this case, when you put your leg on, you need to know that that horse is going to move forward. And a lot of times in the walk, uh, especially if you're walking away from the barn, the horse is like, Oh no, thank you. I would rather walk behind your, behind you. Mm -hmm. I would tap the horse with a little stick or I would use my leg and get the horse's attention and say, Hey, come on now. I have asked you a question and I need some form of an answer. So first and foremost, 101 is the horse has to respect an appropriate aid. I love that word respect. So mm-hmm. if you say walk on, if, right. whether you're a dressage rider or a trail rider or do ranch work, yep. Um, when you say move on at the walk, the horse should first and foremost move on. Now, right. maybe he's not very good at it yet sure. and he accidentally trots. Fine. But it's like, okay, you get a B plus. Right. Okay. Exactly. First and foremost, and step one. And so step one, I, and so if my horse were to trot in that case, I certainly wouldn't punish them. I wouldn't stop them and yank them in the mouth or anything. I would say, okay, I would say, okay, let's ask again. And I would re-ask the question in that case. If the horse is trotted, I would gently bring the horse back to the walk. You got a response. Wasn't exactly the, the response that you're looking for, but it was a response. So, so the set next time. Yep. Suzette and Thunder are walking along. Yes. Um, Suzette gets thoroughly frustrated and she just hauls off and wails him in the rib cage. He kicks him and Thunder goes, Oh my God. And he jigs into a little trot. Yep. She politely brings him back to the walk yep. because at least he's paying attention yes. now, right? He, yeah. You got his attention. Thunder's so, awake. Thunder's awake now. So Suzette again, now Thunder's plodding away mm-hmm. from the barn mm-hmm. and Suzette says, walk on. Right. Um, should Suzette this time, she shouldn't start with slam him in the rib cage. She should exactly. start with something smaller. We, we yes? would say the light aid. We would say the aid that we want the horse to respond to. She starts so small. very light aid. So so after we have woken thunder, he is awoken. Uh, we would put it, our leg on uh, and say thunder walk on, and with a gentle leg aid. If he doesn't listen to the gentle leg aid, he gets another kick and another wake up kick. Got Hello, it. I I just now gave you. So it's a correcting aid. Got it. So I would do that. So that's, that's a big one for getting him to walk on. So first, we have to teach Thunder to consistently respect the aid that says, move on. Yes. And it's got to be an aid that is respectful for his needs. Obviously, if you use your leg and your hands lay up in the air, it's not fair. Right. Or you hit them in the mouth. Right. A lot of people do that. They'll, they'll, you'll be working on this, and they don't keep their core tight. Um, the horse moves forward and they're not ready, which is in my, they will get yelled at at my farm because that's not fair. You're so mean. I know. I know. I just don't like my horses hit in the mouth. Jeez. But if they were to fall back in that case, I would say, Hey, come on. That's not fair. You have now asked your horse a question and just lied to them because you said, Nope, don't go forward. Cause with your body, you fell backwards. Got so it. be ready. Maybe sit a little bit forward. Because yeah. that's what we need to do. Yeah. If you if you're a neck strap person, put, hold on the neck put strap. A, put a pinky finger in there. Absolutely. So you have to be ready for the response. Mm-hmm. You can't just be wail him in the rib cage and and then expect him to move on. If you promptly give him a 
um, conflicting aid that says that sucked. I'm not doing that again. Exactly. Okay. And so that, so that, that'll work against you. So you have to be careful. So once we've conquered that, that yeah. mm-hmm. what's the next step? So the next step, I would say, you know, depending on where you are, um, with quality, a lot of horses, I, I have a couple horses that like to, they're thoroughbreds and they sort of bounce in the walk. They're like bouncy balls. Mm-hmm. Um, how do we fix that? We do a lot of transitions. Again, if that horse is starting to bounce, we do a transition to halt because they're starting to come off the aids. Mm-hmm. So we go ahead and do a transition to halt. Mm-hmm. And then we walk forward another few steps and he starts the bouncing. We bring him back to halt again. Mm-hmm. And in that halt transition, uh, what I'm looking for is the, the ability to be able to ride a half halt. Mm-hmm. Slow his body down. Right. Slow his body down. The halt is obviously the full, the full on stop. Mm-hmm. But then I'll go walk, walk, walk. I'll almost do a halt, which is a half of a halt. That's kind of like push the clutch in. Exactly. Don't change yeah. gears. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. That's a great way to say it. I want the horse to come back to me a little bit and then walk forward again. So I'm teaching them that when I give a half halt or give an aid to bring them back. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to, again, a response just mm-hmm. like I did, like we were talking about with the forward leg response. Got it. I want the slow down response. So, so we're going to teach the horse to move forward from your aids, press the gas pedal, right? We're going to teach him to, um, slow down or mm-hmm. rebalance from your age, pushing right. in the clutch. Right. Exactly. Because that disengages the transmission. It's not, he's not going to be going forward Right. With vigor, because the transmission is pushing those tires. Right. But he's also not putting on the brakes. Exactly. It is different. So anybody yeah. out there who's driven an automobile with a <laughs> standard transmission, yeah, that's the feeling really that right. you have yeah. when you do a, yeah. a ha- what we call a half halt in the English business. Mm-hmm. Um, pretty sure you call it a half halt in the Western business too. Um, that's really the feeling you have yeah. because the horse simply disengages his transmission for a second. Yep. Rebalances his body a little bit. Right. And then it says, okay, what's next? Yeah, waits for the next, waits for the next step. Yeah, so exactly. when you have the quickie jiggy bounce up and down mm-hmm. walk mm-hmm. and you say, wait, move forward off my oh, aid. And he yep. goes, bouncy, 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 bouncy. Oh, no, no, no. Yeah. Push the clutch in. Right. We're staying at a walk. Wait. That right. gives him the ability to stay in his walk. Right. Rather exactly. than just stopping. Yep. Got you it. You got it. Okay. So you got it. mastered. Putting the clutch in and getting yes. a half halt. Yes. <laughs> That's a good way to describe it. Got it. What's next? <laughs> well, I think, again, you have to... We're fast-forwarding through know, the whole process. process. This takes, it, it takes years to get this Walks far. are the toughest. And I will tell you, on uh, my wonderful Grand Prix horse, Casper, that was I worked the most on the extended walk because mm-hmm. it was a double score. Yeah. And extended walks are not something that come naturally to many horses. No. And he wanted to just be too tight in his frame. So I would start with the extended walk. I would ride a halt. Uh, in his case, and make him stand with his neck in the extended walk frame, which was that's not easy. No, either. that's really. I mean, this is a this was a because an extended walk frame, he's going to have his head and neck stretched and telescoped out. That's, that's right. not an easy spot to stand. No, and he had to stay. That's like standing on one foot with, your, with one finger <laughs> yeah. on your nose and and one on your belly button. <laughs> right, right. Now that's that was a very advanced horse, but I mean that was a very difficult thing for him to do, and I practiced that. As much as I did Piaf and Passage. Mm-hmm. I mean, because honestly, the walk in some cases are worth more than those Piaf and Passage. Yeah. Uh, you know, scores are. Mm-hmm. De- and the Grand Prix, it just depends on the extend walk's a double score. And you can lose a lot of points in the walk. Hmm. So, um, so he would have to stop and stand in that frame. And then I would walk on and then I would do some circles in that extended frame. Mm-hmm. Again, 
te- you know, teaching him, hey, you have to stay with a longer telescoping neck. That's mm-hmm. a great way to say that. And um, then I would make him do that on a 10-meter circle to the right and then a 10-meter circle to the left. Uh, again, I don't want him moving his neck and his frame. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of the next step that you can work in the walk. A so lot of bending lines. A lot of, so going in a relaxed, mm-hmm. comfortable fashion yep. that your horse is designed for. Yep. And you say, walk on with a little enthusiasm. Yep. And he does. Yep. And now you're going to start to switch it up by asking him to do turns and mm-hmm. shapes doing yes. that. Doing that. Right. But when he gets quick, then you go back to your half halt and say, uh-uh. Right. Yeah. Wait. Wait for me. And quick is when you feel the horse starting to change from one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four, two. He gets kind of bouncy like he's got springs in his yeah. feet. <laughs> yep. And he's leaning towards the one, two of a trot. Right. That's exactly. When you're going you to feel that, ch- that change in his rhythm and the mm-hmm. change in the feel on his back. Yeah. Um, and that's not a good thing. And that's not what you're looking for. <laughs> no, not in this case. Got it. Not in this case. So once you, once you've got turning. Yep. Then, <laughs> then you have to master changing the frame. In the dressage, you know, you need to be able to go from the longer frame, the extended. Oh, this is going to be transition walk. within the gate again. Within the <gasps> gate. See how these I tips relate know. to each other. They do. It's, you know, that's a nice, that's a good thing about training a horse in dressage or with the principles of dressage in mind. Every horse should be able to handle the principles. Mm-hmm. And they are different changes. Um, I mean, it's, it's a, it's a theoretical chain mm-hmm. kind of system. Mm-hmm. So once you sort of understand what's going on, then you're like, oh, they have to do it in all the gates and they have to, mm-hmm. you know, go up the training scale and, and that kind of thing. So yes, my next step in the walk would be, uh, your transition from the longer frame to the shorter frame mm-hmm. and then shorter to longer frame. You should be able to do all of that. So for the walk specifically, You've got a good quality, Mother Nature gave me walk, mm-hmm. a medium walk, mm-hmm. and it works really well. Yeah. Yay. It's I know. Good yes. Quality. Um, is it, and you're just getting to that phase where you can start changing it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. When you start that process, do you do the changes more often or less often? And do you increase the frequency or decrease the frequency as the horse gets better at it? Well, it, that, that it's a tough one because it depends Everything on the horse. About this whole walk I'm, thing is tough. It, it is. It's, it's a very walk hard. For I know. Sake. I know. And and the other thing about walk, I will tell everyone. Everyone does it when you're working your horse and you go to walk. What do you do? Yeah, everyone goes to sleep. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so so unfortunately, when you go to sleep, you're training your horse to sort of go to sleep in the walk. Yeah. So you have to be very cautious that when you're riding... Walk isn't always break time. Right. Yeah. Actually, my horses walk on the bit and round while we're working. And at the very end, that's when we drop the reins completely. Mm-hmm. But I don't that, I don't drop the reins completely until I'm done mm-hmm. with, war, with work because mm-hmm. it's too confusing for them. Yeah, right. they don't understand that. You know, because work because that walk is really part very much part of their work versus Absolutely. most horses don't do much walking in their competitive life. Right. Right, right exactly. But dressage and event horses do have to walk. Yes. So for us, I'm very specific on that. And you can get a horse really tired in the walk. Mm-hmm. If you do a lot of these shortening and lengthening transitions and a mm-hmm. lot of these bending lines, you can make them sweat in the walk, actually. Mm-hmm. Um it's very, very normal. I think of it as weightlifting. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And discipline. Them. Yeah. I and mean, there's a lot of discipline aspects to this as well. So, yeah. um, so again, the frequency that you do it depends on the stage and the level of the horse. Sometimes if you're a really fit horse, um, sometimes doing a lot of it doesn't help you. Hmm. 
Yeah, they just get more tense and get more get tighter. Ah. So sometimes it's good to do a couple times and then go do something else else. and come back. So if your horse starts to resent Mm -hmm. doing the transition Mm -hmm. within the gate at the Mm -hmm. walk, Mm -hmm. uh, that is an indicator that you're doing too much. Yeah, probably doing too much. So you may want to back off the number of repetitions. So the number of repetitions and how, for example, if you were doing the same exercise at a trot, mm-hmm. um, forward trot, shorten trot, forward trot, shorten trot. Mm-hmm. You might do 10 strides pushing the trot on mm-hmm. and then five bringing it back, 10. Is that a similar rhythm that you would use at the walk or is it further apart? I think it's further apart. Further apart? Uh, yeah. I mean, again, uh, you know, the, my Grand Prix could probably handle that. He could have handled but that's, the short. That's much too close together for it's a more green. Absolutely. It's, it's, it's too much. And, and I think you also have to watch the rhythm of the walk. This is another big kind of red flag. It's a four beat rhythm. One, two, three, four. And it should stay that way. If you try, it shouldn't sound like the samba. No, no. Unless I think Pasifinos do some sort of. Yeah, they do that tap dance thing. Yeah, it's very cool, but I don't understand it, so I'm not. I can't (laughs) can't explain it on the tip. They're they're Um, looking for a very different quality of walk. Exactly. So if you're not doing that, if you're doing this, um, you always want to watch the rhythm. So sometimes if you try to collect a horse or bring them back too much, then you actually get a problem with the rhythm. You have a one, two, then a pause, and then a three, four kind of thing? Yeah, it can become pacey, and that's not a good thing. You no, know, when, no, no, that is not, you do not want tension in the walk because it is very difficult to fix it. Once they have it, it's hard to fix. Hard to fix. Yeah, it's very, very hard. So to fix. when you get to that point where mm-hmm. you're starting to change within the walk, yes, forward, forward, longer walk, shorter walk, longer mm-hmm. walk. Be very cognizant of your rhythm. Yes. One, two, three, four. Yes. With an even beat. Right. And tension, bad. Bad, bad. bad, so, bad sometimes, bad. again, you may not be able to repeat it as much. Some horses just cannot. So don't count the strides so much as, okay, we're going to make a little bit shorter of a walk. And right. we're going to walk half the arena at that. And exactly. we're going to lengthen it out. Or, right. or for me, it might steps. be 10 steps shorter yeah. and then three minutes longer. Exactly. Yeah, okay. exactly. I, I, the shorter, you just have to be careful as you make it shorter. That um, That's where you most of the problems it. arise. Oh, yeah. yeah. And you don't overdo it. And and again, that's not somewhat something you want to yeah. do. And on rare occasions, and I have experienced this, um, when you ask the horse for a lot more than you realize you're asking mm-hmm. for, mm-hmm. you get something... I forget what it's called. It's one of the airs above the ground. I think it's the Capriole. Oh, yeah. Or Labad. You get that. Mm-hmm. And it's yeah. a surprise. It's so not folks good. out there, yeah. if your horse just seems to push his clutch in at the walk when you're mm-hmm. asking him to shorten his walk, and the clutch goes in and doesn't come back out, yeah. change things fast. Yeah. Or yeah. grab hold of that next <laughs> <laughs> or we use the strap in front of the saddle, and we call it the yeah. seatbelt. Seat the yeah. first time that ever Grab happened that to me, the, yeah. the instructor didn't tell me that that could possibly happen. I yeah. had no clue because it was a horse that wouldn't do that kind of stuff. Yeah. But he really kind of figured out the engagement thing, <laughs> but he didn't figure out the move forward at the same time thing. Yeah. And he went straight up in the air with all four feet. That's not good. It was really exciting. <gasps> I was going, this is so cool. This is so cool. After that, I love dressage. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
we're not looking for that on a daily basis. Um, yeah, the horse, but- the horse figured it out all in one moment, though. It that's- was the weirdest thing is the light bulb came on because until then he had no idea how to engage any part of his body. That's awesome, actually. Yeah, he did it all at once, and from that point forward, whenever he got frustrated with me because <laughs> he my, did it <laughs> because my aids got too tight because yep. I'm a very tense rider, he would do it. He would yeah. go straight up with all four feet. He said, "Stop it." <laughs> that was just his way of going. Hello. Enough, enough. Yeah. So we have, as riders, have to be very cognizant that we are saying just as soft and correct as we're asking the horse to. Yeah. My my school horse, who's wonderful, her name is Sammy. Uh, Sammy will root. Uh, if you're too strong with her, she'll root back at you. So, so she says, don't do that. I don't like that. And yeah. And so it's always better to err on the side of, of light aids. Uh, well, you always want to start with light aids. Um, you know, if you go to a heavy aid, you need to reevaluate. Well, where do you go after that? Yeah. You have nowhere to go. You have nowhere to you go. You have nowhere to go. So is more. you have to be able to adapt. Um, you know, it's just like anything with human contact or, you know, animal mm-hmm. contact, you have to be able to quickly adapt the pressure that you use. And so I always want to start late. Everybody, you can find our show notes and links to today's guest on our website, dressageradio.com. Like us on Facebook, just search Dressage Radio Show. Follow us on Twitter at Horse Radio. My website is maplecrestfarmky.com. My email is reese at horseradionetwork.com. And if you're here in Wellington, I'd love to hear from you guys. Send me an email and that would be fun to meet up at one of the horse shows or uh, events that are happening. The best way to find me is on Facebook and my email is philip at horseradionetwork.com. I'd like to thank our sponsors this week for allowing us to put on a great show. And don't forget to check out all the other shows on the Horse Radio Network at horseradionetwork.com. Everybody, keep your heels down and your shoulders back. And next week is the Western Dressage Show. Uh, And Phil and I will be back in two weeks. Have a great one. Mm -hmm.